Praise God. All right, very, very appropriate um, words there, especially when you were saying that where Jesus was giving thanks that he has hidden those things from the wise and the prudent and given them to babes. And Brother Brandon is, is, is correct. The things that God gives us in terms of revelation, <clears throat> the wise and the prudent that was being referred to back there were the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, who, who uh, prided themselves in being such high intellectuals and so on like that, and that the things of God are not necessarily, cannot be figured out uh, with the intellect, but, but by simply understanding what God says about the world in which we live and about our spiritual lives. And tying into that is, uh, it ties very much into where we're going today in terms of, uh, of confusion. Today's message is entitled, From Confusion to Confidence. Um, we, we in life, we experience so many things. There's so much input coming into our minds. You've heard the term, we're in a, a, a state of information overload, where we're just being bombarded with so much that many times we, we can indeed get confused. Um, but we need, from a biblical point of view, and sometimes when we are feeling so confused, need to ask ourselves, well, what is this confusion, and where is, it confused, where is this confusion coming from? So in order, from us, in order for us to go from a state of confusion to a state of confidence in where we have to go and what we need to do, etc., etc., first we have to understand what confusion is. You know, many times we just take confusion for granted. Oh, well, I feel confused. And people say, oh, I feel confused, and just kind of don't think about it, you know. But where is that confusion coming from? Every single thing that happens to us in this life is of a spiritual nature because we are spiritual beings. Amen. We are spirit beings. We live in a body and we have a mind or a soul, which is our intellect and personality and so forth. So everything that happens to us is of a spiritual nature. So if you're feeling confusion about something, then it's this confusion is of a spiritual origin. It isn't something that just comes about. This isn't something because you got up in the morning and that bagel that you ate didn't agree with you. You know, or the dinner that you had last night didn't agree with you. This confusion is coming from some place. So in order for us to overcome confusion and to become confident uh, in knowing what God is going to do, we need to understand what confusion is and where it comes from, okay? So let's start with going to James. <coughs> James chapter 3. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And we'll start with, with verse 8. James 3, verse number 8. Now, the, the, the preceding verses are all talking about taming the tongue and so on. But I just want to go from here. Uh, James 3, chapter, uh, verse number 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, who are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good life his works with meekness of wisdom. But if we have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, demoniacal. For where envying and strife are, 
there is confusion in every evil work. So please note the line, there is confusion in every evil work. So we see there it ends up where envying and strife are. So, and, and the envying and, and the strife comes from the, 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 the preceding verses up there. Talks about the tongue. First of all, what we're doing with our mouths, you know. We come to church and we praise God in one instance, and then at the same time, with that same mouth, we wind up cursing people and saying vile things, you know. And we as children of God, it says bitter water and sweet water cannot come from the same fountain, you see. So we should not have bitter water, so to speak, and sweet water coming from ourselves, you see. And so this kind of, this kind of talk and whatnot can just stir up strife. But then in verse number 14, it brings it home. It says, but if you have bitter envy, and strife in your hearts glory not and lie not against the truth this wisdom descends not from above but is earthly sensual demoniacal for where envying and strife is there is confusion in every evil work so confusion here now we see is being linked with evil works okay because things that are, are of God are of not, not they're not confusing <clears throat> go to Daniel number 9 again we're looking at what is the origin of confusion and exactly what is it Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 9, verse number 3. Okay, Daniel 9, chapter number 3. And we we can see here that uh, um, confusion comes from some place. All right, verse number 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek my prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and awesome God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thine ordinances. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, thy prophets, who spoke in thy name, and in our kings, and our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee, but unto us confusion of face. Please in the line. Unto us confusion of face, as to this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all all Israel that are near, and that are far off through all the countries to which thou hast driven them. Underline, because of their trespass, they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongs confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Okay? So now we see repeatedly there how confusion is linked to sin. Because of the fact that they were not obedient to God, <clears throat> got away from God's command, commandments and ordinances, it allowed confusion to come in. All right. So if we've got confusion coming into our lives, one of the things that we need to start asking ourselves, well, wait a minute now, what's going on in our life here? Okay. Is there a door that has been opened in some respect? Or is there some way where I've slipped and stumbled here that have I sinned or opened the door here for me to all of a sudden start feeling this confusion? You see? Under perfect conditions, if we are being guided by Holy Spirit and we're doing what God is telling us to do, confusion can't be entering into our lives, okay, because Holy Spirit is guiding us. If Holy Spirit is guiding you, crystal clear, 
you, you, you will be crystal clear about what needs to be done. Just have no doubt in your mind. If God is guiding you in whatever the actions and decisions are, then you will be crystal clear. If there's really heavy-duty confusion, I'm not asking, I'm not saying here, uh, for instance, uh, you know, you're getting dressed in the morning, uh, shall I wear a red tie or a blue tie? Okay, I mean, that's not heavy-duty confusion. So don't go, oh gosh, I better go repent. I can't make up my mind what tie to wear, okay? I'm talking about there's things in your life, there's places where you to go, or you just feel like your life is a bunch of confusion because there's constant turmoil going on. You need to stop and take some stock. You know, stop and take stock in your life. Where am I going? So we see here now, again, understanding confusion here. It can also be brought on here because there's sin in the camp. It can be brought on by envy and strife, all right? And, and, and talking about strife, you heard me talk about a trip many years ago that I was on, and boy, oh boy, talk about strife. Couldn't decide whether we wanted to go to one theme park or, or to another part of the of Disney there. And, I mean, it was such confusion and strife going on. It was supposed to be having a good time, okay, but this was not enjoyable because people were actually actually bickering over whether we go to this theme park or go to this theme park. Strife and confusion. I pulled myself out of that and I said, never again. Never again. Because I could see what was happening there. If God is present on a group trip that you're on, it goes peacefully. And then all of my vacations are like that. They're peaceful. I don't care. They can be 25. We went someplace. We went to a ski resort. We had two busloads of people. And, I mean, it was the most enjoyable time that you could see in your life. Some decided to go to the ski lift. Some went to the lodge and just drink hot chocolate. I mean, there were two busloads of people. There was no confusion. None whatsoever. This was about eight people, and no one could decide where to go. Uh-uh, that's not of God. All right, so you've got to look at that. You see confusion going on in your life. What's really happening here? Who's involved and who's causing the, the, the strife and, and the, the conflict? And then, of course, if they're sitting in the camp. Okay, again, understanding confusion. Go to 1 Corinthians. First book of Corinthians, uh, chapter 14. Chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 27. Yeah, let's start at 27. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 27. Okay. I'll just wait a few minutes here. Everyone gets there because it's really important that we follow the scriptures. Okay. Just look up when you're there. Okay. Praise God. 14.27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the others judge. If anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. For you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. Underline that. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion. Underline. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So this is really talking about here the the use of uh, tongues and interpretation in a church. And what that is saying is that there's an organized process to that. You shouldn't have people just prophesying willy-nilly and people interpreting willy-nilly people standing up at will and just babbling off some sort of prophecy and so on like that. And that if, 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 if one person it feels like they're hearing something and someone else is talking, they should hold their peace. Because the prophecy, the prophet, or the person who is about to bring forth that utterance, he's in charge of his spirit. 
Okay? So there's no prophet that stands and says, oh, I'm uncontrollably, the Holy Spirit's got me just babbling this stuff off, and he's just going willy-nilly. No, not so at all. God, is, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not come and invade one's vocal cords and just takes over and just makes you start speaking uncontrollably. All right? So anything that's happening in a church like that, that's confusion, and that is not of God. And you should flee speedily. You should flee speedily. If you see a church any place that you are where people are just going on, just prophesying all out of control and things are going on, anything where there's confusion, that is not of God. So the word of God here is saying that, that confusion is not of God. Okay? What, what does it say again in um, uh, 33? For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. All right? So again, understanding how to get from confusion to confidence, you've got to understand, first of all, what confusion is and where it comes. So we know right away if confusion is in your life, it's not of God. Therefore, we must get confusion out of our lives. Why? Because confusion is not good for you. It's not good for your well-being. That's how important it is to get it out. So go to Proverbs 25. I'm giving you a lot of scripture here, but I'm just building a case here so you can see where this is going. 25, Proverbs 25. Just one verse. Okay? Having confusion in your life is, is, is not good for you. Okay? If you have confusion in your life, then that means that your life is out of control. Amen? Your life is out of control. If you, and, and how many times, if, all of us have experienced confusion at one time or many times or another. When you have confusion in your life, do you feel like you're in control? Right? I mean, confusion is very much out of control. It's like, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. I mean, this is going on here. This is going on here. It's like a whirlwind just spinning around you. All right? So Proverbs uh, 25, verse number 28, simply says, He that has no rule over his own spirit, he that has no rule over his own spirit, is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Okay? Now that puts it in perfect context, at least to me it is. I mean, can you imagine a city that has no walls around it? Can you imagine a city that has no border protection? Yeah, I can. Duh. <laughs> Stop and think about current events. <laughs> All right? But you see, this is why, you know, the Word of God here talks about having walls and having protection. All right? So if you have no control over your spirit, you might as well be a city that has no protection at all, no walls around you, because anything and everything can come at you. You see? So if you're letting confusion exist in your life, that means that you have no control over your spirit. And if you have no control over your spirit, that means you are open to anything and everything that the enemy wants to throw at you. Any, everything an enemy, and that the enemy wants to throw at you. Okay? So we see here that it's not good for us that way. Um, and then the last thing here on confusion, let's go to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Psalm 71, and starting with verse number 1. Okay? Psalm 71, starting with verse number 1. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Underline that. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to what? Confusion. Okay? Let me never be put to confusion. 
You see? So you see right here why confusion, according to God and according to Scripture, as you can see, it's talked about much. And, and, and it goes much more. I mean, we don't have all week to study this, so I only put some of the verses in. But we can see where God is focusing so much on confusion. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation. Please underline, be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Please underline, I may continually resort. Okay, so this is an ongoing thing for you. In other words, where you are constantly living in God's strong habitation. Thou hast given commandments to save me. Uh, to, uh, God, I'm sorry. The... That has given me, given commandments to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked and out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from uh, my youth. By thee have I been held up from the womb. Thou art he who took me out of my mother. My praise shall be continually of thee. All right, so we see there, right away in verse number one, let me never be put to confusion. And then here now, there's a prayer here, basically, this is a prayer, where you're asking God for deliverance, you know, to, to, to give me a way out. Let me be the strong, the strong habitation. All right, so we see here now where confusion comes from. If you have confusion in your life, it is not of God for sure, and you don't want, want to, to let it continue to be there, because if you let confusion stay in your house and you stay in, in, in your life and you're going to bed and you're getting up, then it means each day that you're letting confusion exist, you are like a city with no walls, which means that you're subject to all sorts of attack, you know. And why does that happen? I mean, why does that make so much common sense? When you're confused, you have everyone in John's brother telling you what to do. You have everyone that comes upon you that's trying to give you advice because they see that you're confused. A person that is confused, like a city with no walls, is very easy to be overtaken. Very easy. You get a confused person that's coming along, and, and if you've got a real, you know, you know uh, a silk tongue and you know how to talk, you can talk him out of his life savings, you know, his life earnings, because the person is so confused. There's no protection. He's looking for an out. So you go there and you tell him something that he simply wants to hear, he'll be willing to follow. So we do not want to be like a, like a city with no walls around us. So how do we get out of that? So how do we go from confusion to a state of confidence? In order to be delivered from confusion, we must build confidence in God. So let's go back to Proverbs. Proverbs, starting with some very basic stuff. Proverbs chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 21. 3:21. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Please in the line, shall lie down, and your sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Please underline all of verse 26. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Okay? Um, it, where it says up there in, in 20, uh, 24, 23, Then shalt thou 
thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. Okay, so you know that if you're taking confidence in God, a few things are being said here, that you shall walk safely and your foot shall not stumble. One of the reasons that we get confused is because we're thinking about a choice between A and B, let's just say. Or maybe there's A, B, C, D sometimes when you're really confused. You know, many of those points, A, B, C, or D, you, you feel afraid. You know, you're saying, well, if I do that, then I'm going to stumble, I'm going to hurt, or I'm going to be hurt, or I'm going to lose this, or I'm going to lose that, or so-and-so bad will happen to me, all right? So you shall walk in that safe, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, uh, you shall not be afraid, yea, thou shalt lie down and sleep will be sweet. You see? And that's another thing, when you're, when you're really confused over several things, how much sleep do you get? You know, I mean, you lie there all night long and you're tossing and you're turning, you see. But if you have confidence that God, in God, that he's going to take care of it, then you just simply say, okay, Lord, I've got points A, B, C, and D, and E, I'm trying to make up my mind. What should I do? Lord, you figure it out. You figure it out, Lord. I can't figure it out. I'm not going to accept this confusion, so I'm going to lie down and I'm going to go to sleep. Okay? It says, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Another thing on confidence here, let's look at uh, Philippians. Go to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1, verse number 3. Philippians 1, okay, Philippians 1, verse number 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is the line being confident of this very thing. Being confident of this very thing. That he who begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us sitting in this sanctuary, God began a good work in. But when you're feeling confused, you lose sight of the fact of what God has started in you. God is not a man that he should lie. God is working in the spirit realm. He knew who you were before you were born into this physical world. God created your spirit. He started a good work in you, and he's going to let it come to pass. All right? It's only us human beings when we start meddling around and try and put our fingers into our, our own destiny and try and control it entirely. I mean, we have some responsibility, but God should be controlling our destinies. That's when we start losing our confidence, and that's when we open the door for confusion. You see, you know, in your own self, when you're trying to reason your way out of a state of confusion and you start looking at points A, B, C, D, and E, and you're trying to decide which way you should go, you're trying to decide A, B, C, or D based on your own merit, based on your own ability to accomplish each one of those points. And when you're laying there in bed losing sleep at night or you're sitting there watching TV and the person sitting next to you, oh, my gosh, did you see that? Oh, see what? 
you were looking at the TV screen, but your mind was off wandering someplace else trying to figure out A, B, C, or D. Because you're trying to figure out how you are going to accomplish it. You see? You see? So with you trying to do that, all that's doing is it's taking you away from a very, very basic fact. And the basic fact is that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So the good work that God has, in plan, has intended for you and planned for you, God hasn't changed his mind about that. He wants to get you to where he always intended you to be. But when we get confusion, there's because we, we see ourselves not being to accomplish something or not trying being able to figure out what it is that needs to be done, and we forget the fact that, you know what, God, God is governing my life. God, he started a good work in me. God's not going to let that good work go down going out to pot. He's not going to let it go, go to waste. God's not a man that he should lie. He said that in his word in several places here. God's not a man he should lie. So if God started a good work in me, God's not one to quit. God created an entire universe, created time, <laughs> created everything. He didn't quit. He didn't get to day three and then say, all right, that's enough. I'm tired. You know, and then decided to go on. And, I think I'll go bowling. You know. you know, he went on and finished the job. So God started a good work in you, but you've got to believe that. You've got to have that confidence. And when you have that confidence, then the confusion will, quick, will quickly clear up. Amen? Okay? And then we see also that with, with getting to confidence, we have to see that there's the fear of the Lord there, or the reverence of the Lord. Let's go to Proverbs. Go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 14. Proverbs 14, and I want to do Proverbs 14, go to verse 26. Okay? You've got to get to the place that you understand. In order you have confidence in somebody, you've got to understand who they are, and you've got to feel and understand and believe that that person can get you out of the situation that you're in. Amen. Amen. You know, when we were coming up and if somebody was was bothering me and I needed somebody to to get me out of a scrape, thought about my big brother. I knew that my big brother could do something about it. Many times Billy just would have to kind of show up. What's the matter, Mike? You know, that kind of thing. So I had confidence in the fact that someone else besides me would be able to get me out of a situation. All right. So verse number 26 says, in the fear of the Lord... Is strong confidence. Please in the line, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the, sta- from the snares of death. Please in the line in 26 where it says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children uh, shall have a place of refuge. So you have to have confidence that you can run to God and that's a place of refuge. When you have that confusion going on in your life, that you, you, in order to get out of it, you've got to say, well, I know God can fix this. Let me run to God. And again, remember, this fear, when you see fear of the Lord in Scripture here, it's not talking about fear in terms of being frightened of God. It's talking about reverence. It's talking about high respect for God. Okay? So you have this reverence for God, um, knowing that, and that you have this strong confidence in Him, that He can protect you and take you through anything. All right? So if you've got that confidence in God, why are you confused about something? All right. Okay, again, rather than do A, B, C, D, or E, you know that God's going to guide you, and with God you will indeed come to the right conclusion. Go to 1 John. A couple of more verses here, and we'll be winding down. Go to 1 John. 1 John 5. 
Thank you, Jesus. 1, God, 1 John 5. Going from confusion, a state of confusion, to a state of confidence. 1 John 5, verse number 9. 1 John 5, verse number 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believes not God hath made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. Please don't line the first part of 10. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. Okay? Verse number 11. And this is the record that God has given to, to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Please underline all of that. And this life is his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Please underline the first part of 12. He that has the Son has life. Verse 13, these things have I written unto you that I believe, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Please underline all of that, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you believe on the, the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence, underline confidence, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Okay? So verse 14 there, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. All right? Okay? Well, the first, part, first thing in the latter part of verse number 13, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, knowing that alone should bring you to a point of confidence, knowing that you have eternal life. First place, you've got to really, really remember and really, really believe in your spirit that everything that is happening now, everything that exists now, the issues of this life, the confusion that may come into your life, only pertains to the here and now. And in God's eye, this is a wisp of time. This is totally a drop in the bucket. So looking at eternal life and what is ahead for you, if you really believe Jesus Christ and you ask him into your life and you're really truly saved, the eternity that lasts for you is far more glorious than whatever is going on here. Okay, so one thing you should try to remember, first of all, the issues of life that I'm going through right now pales in comparison to what lies before me. This shall pass away. This will not last forever. Whatever issue you're going through, you're going through is not going to last forever. I don't care what point along A, B, C, D, E through the rest of the alphabet, that condition is not going to last forever. This is all transitory. This is temporary, you know. So you look forward to where, you, where you're going. You say, well, gee, this pastor, you know, a godly day, I've got the rent to pay, I've got the mortgage to pay, I've got this issue, I've got a family to feed and so on like that. You know, what does that have to do with pie in the sky in heaven? Well, if God is pointing you towards heaven, don't you think that he's going to let you get along with life here while you're here? If, he, if, if you are his son or daughter and he loves you enough and you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you really believe and you know that God is going to let you into heaven, do you think he's, just going, to, he's going to let you just suffer and go through the mud while you're down here on earth until you get to heaven? Oh, it's okay. He can suffer now while he's down. I'll, I'll bring him home at the appointed time. But in the meantime, just let him suffer and let him wallow in the dirt. What kind of a loving father would that be? 
Not at all, okay? So while we have this glorious future to look forward to, we also have the confidence knowing that, um, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you, uh, you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You see? Now, you're, running, you're, figuring, you're trying to figure out how to get from point A through D or E or whatever it is that's bothering you. You have to remember that, have the confidence that if you ask anything according to His will, that He hears you. All right? So, there's not going to, that doesn't mean, um, Lord, show me how to go down that red Porsche that I saw down in the store that I love so much. Show me how to get in to rig the battery so I can drive it out of the parking lot at nighttime without them seeing me. Therefore, I won't have a bill to pay. All right? Now, that is not obviously in accordance in the line with God's will. So he's not going to hear you on that. All right? But if you've got something that is in line with, with God's will that you're asking him for, I'm not saying it. The word of God is saying that he hears you. All right? And how do you know? How do I know that I'm praying in line with the will of God? Well, you got his book. you got his manual. That tells you what is his will. Amen? So anything that you're praying that is in line with the will of God, he's going to hear you. So if you're trying to decide whether to do A, B, C, D, or E, simply ask him. Ask him with the confidence, knowing that he'll, that he'll answer you. All right? And the minute you realize that you have that confidence, all of a sudden, boom, the confusion will disappear. It'll evaporate. It'll be like a vapor before your mind, and you will no longer be confused. Because the minute you relax on the will of God... And you ask him what it is that you should do, he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you, I want you to do point C. Simple as that. Boom. The confusion is gone. The confusion is gone. And when he tells you to do point C, he's going to say, this is how you do it. I want you to accomplish point number C, and this is how you're going to go about doing it. And that's the confusion. Okay? Okay? I have never in my life or anyone else's life that I've worked with over many, many years of being in ministry, have I seen a person confused over one point. Okay? If you're confused over one pair of red shoes, then you've got a problem. Even if you say, well, I don't know whether it's a, I should get the high heel or the flat that are red, it's no longer one thing. It's two things. It's a red short and a red high heel. So I've never known of anyone to be confused over one thing. All right? Confusion comes in when there's more than one thing involved. God will give you the one thing. Therefore, it eliminates the confusion. All right? So to get from confusion to confidence, you have to realize and be confident in God. Okay, I've got all these points in front of me, Lord. I need to zero in on one. You know? And A through, through E, what is it, five letters or whatever it is. Okay? He may give you a sixth letter, but the other five are going to go away. But you still want to walk away with just one. God is not going to have you torn between two things. So if confusion is there in your life, we saw God is not the author of confusion. First thing you ask yourself, okay, Lord, what am I missing here? So I know this confusion is not being brought about by you. Someone else could be a family member. It could be some other forces or something is bringing in this other dimension, this other points here. Because this confusion I know is not of you. If I don't know which way to go, something is causing me to do that. It's not you. All right? Okay? Okay? If there's strife going on, you know, get yourself out of it. I've walked out of houses, I'm telling you. I've excused myself. All right, time for me to go. i got to leave. You know, you go to a gathering, a party, or whatever, and there's nothing but bickering and confusion and strife going. You can feel it. Your stomach starts kind of getting in knots, and your spirit gets kind of restless and everything. You're just not comfortable with it. Go. You don't have to stay there. I'm sorry. 
I've left family functions. I mean, that's going on. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to subject my spirit to that kind of strife or confusion. Because why? As the scripture said, if I let myself be subject to that kind of strife and confusion, then my spirit then is stripped of any protection. I'm like a city without a wall, which opens the door for other things to come in. Okay? And usually what enters in, if you let confusion just go, that spirit of fear just digs in and gets stronger and stronger because then you start getting frightened. Because then you're torn. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Then you start imagining everything is going to go wrong. All points on that spectrum there are going to go awry and everything is going to just blow up in smoke. You're going to be a total failure. I'm not going to be able to do anything because now I'm totally confused. There's no end to it. Because now you're a city without any walls and you open, your protection is gone. Amen? So get back to the confidence that I know that anything that I pray and that's in line with the will of God and say to him, first of all, that he's going to hear me. He's going to hear me. All right. And then the last scripture here, which is I feel is so fitting. Which I feel is so fitting. I'm going to say the scripture out loud, the verse, and many of you will, will recognize it. Psalm 46, 10. Psalm 46, 10. God is not the author of confusion, okay? Where there's strife and envy and every evil work, there is confusion. When you get from confusion to a state of confidence, you've got to have faith and confidence and trust in God. Psalm 46.10. I'm sure some of you recognize it. Very short scripture. Psalm 46.10. Just look up when you're there. Okay. Okay, praise God. 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Just underline it. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Okay, so the very first part there, be still and know that I am God. Okay? When you've got confusion, just like it sounds, your mind is racing. Your mind is racing when you're confused. Your spirit is racing. There's turmoil that's just going on. You don't know what you should do. You don't know where to start. You don't know who to believe in many cases, because sometimes you have everybody giving you advice on something, and none of the advice could be right, possibly. All of the advice could be wrong, for that matter. You see? The other thing with confusion is when you're open to confusion, you have people that are so willing to give you, give you advice that everyone has your best, your best um, interest at heart. You know? So you've got that kind of fusion, confusion going on in your life. The first thing you can start with is be still and know that I am God. So that should bring a quiet to your spirit, first of all, and then that will give you time to focus on some of the other scriptures that we just went over about confidence and about trusting in God. Amen? God is not the author of confusion. If you're experiencing confusion in your life, it's time for you to take some time alone with the Lord and say, Okay, Lord, this is what's going on in my mind. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go there? Should I not go there? God knows. God knows anyway. But he wants to hear you come to him. He wants to have you come to him and seek his face. Amen? Amen? So, how to get from confusion to confidence? Trust in God. Rebuke that confusion and remember that if it's, if it's in your life, it's not of God and it's time to get it out. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray that this is, message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.